You are now listening to the Flurry Podcast, hosted by Marquise Rawls. Wow, it's actually been quite a while since I've recorded an episode. I think it's been about six to eight weeks. That's almost two months since I've recorded an episode, but two reasons why I returned. One, because I actually enjoy recording these and I love boxing. And I felt like I wanted to just come back and talk about um, this big boxing event that happened. And two, this is the first pay-per-view boxing fight that we had in the boxing bubble. And it's kind of a big deal. It kind of is. First, I'm going to give a little breakdown of the entire pay-per-view event because it was a little different than your usual pay-per-view. The way they did this was they had one card where it was three fights. And Jamal Charlo versus Sergey was the main event. Then they had like a 40 to 45 minute intermission. And then they had the second card where Jamal Charlo versus uh, Jason Rosario was the headline. Overall, I think I'm going to talk about the overall card like fully. Um, I think it was worth it because... A regular pay-per-view event, you pay your $70, $80, however much it is, and you get four fights, the three undercards in the main event. But this one, we got four undercards in two main events. So we did get more fights, but sometimes it's not about the quantity of the fight, but the quality of the fights. Brandon Figueroa, I'm going to use him as an example because he had a fight. He was, I believe, the second undercard fight of the first card. In the entire fight, it was action-packed. From start to finish, Brendan Figueroa, he's coming forward. He's throwing 100 punches around. And that's what people want to see. They want to see action. People love action in boxing. But I didn't really enjoy it. I didn't enjoy it because it was the same round over and over and over again for 12 rounds straight. It was too one-sided for me to actually for me to actually enjoy it. Now, I love seeing action. Like, don't get me wrong. I love seeing people throwing punches, how people maneuver around the ring, how they use their skills and their tactics to win a round or even win a fight. But I kind of want to see, like, a fight, a fight fight. And in order for it to be a fight, that means one person, that means, no, that means both people have to be given and taken. Brandon, he didn't really take, he gave, he, he gave hell of a lot. He didn't really take much. Yeah, he got hit a lot, but he didn't really, I don't think he lost a round that fight. I don't think he lost a round. It was too one-sided. He did whatever he wanted. The other guy, like I said, he landed a few shots here and there, but he, he was basically a punching bag for Brandon. And the fight, I just didn't enjoy. The first few rounds I enjoyed, but then... Once I realized how this fight is going, I, I couldn't get into it. I like to see a fight where it's it's a give and take. Maybe this person wins one or two rounds here, then the next person wins the two rounds there. Or this person, he wins run one round, the other person wins three, then he comes back and wins a couple more rounds. I want to see a give and take. That, to me, is what I love about boxing. There's a give and take, and at the end, whoever could persevere more was the fight. I don't want to be seeing these one-sided fights no more. And it's not Brandon's fault. Maybe it is his fault because he should have chose a better 
opposition in front of him. Boxing, it's about style. It's about a style clash. And I think Brandon, he just has a style where a lot of fights like this, it just happens for him. It just naturally happens because of style that he fights. I've been watching him fight for a few years now, and this isn't the first time I've seen this type of fight happen. But usually he could somehow get the knockout. This one, it was a TKO late into the fight. But I'm just saying, I just didn't really enjoy it that much. Now, you as a fan, you probably loved it. You probably enjoyed it. And I'm happy that you enjoyed it, but it's not for me. Now, I'm not going to talk about the other undercard fights. Like, even though they were pretty good. I, I liked the the Luis Neri fight. I liked it. It showed him in a different uh, spotlight. He looked, he didn't look as poised and comfortable as I'm used to seeing him. But I want to get to these two main events. So I'm going to start with Jamel Charlo versus Jason Rosario. The Jamal Charlo one, I have so much to say about that fight. So I'm going to start with Jamel Charlo, Jason Rosario. Now coming into the fight, I already had in my mind that Charlo was going to win. Rosario is good. He has power. He's a little crafty at times, but Charlo just... He's almost like the whole package. He has good defense. He has the power. He has the boxing ability. He has the athletic talents. So he basically is the whole package. So I knew Rosario wouldn't be able to beat him. But I knew that he could he could give him a little bit of trouble, which he really did. He gave him trouble. It was almost a resemblance of when Charlo fought Tony Harrison the first time. Now... I think Charlo won the first fight against Tony Harrison, but Tony Harrison, he did things where it's like, oh, Charlo looks a little uncomfortable. Charlo's getting hit with shots that he wouldn't normally get hit with. And that's what Rosario did, but I think he did it a little bit better. Now, Charlo, he he was a better fighter than he was when he first fought Harrison in the second time. So he was able to deal with it a little better. But Rosario, he came to fight. And he was landing some bombs. And he was landing some good shots. Nothing too spectacular. I think he did land a couple a couple bombs that it didn't hurt Charlo at all. Charlo, he got an iron chin. He's not called Iron Man for no reason. So it didn't really hurt him, but it got his attention. It woke him up. But then in round seven or eight, he just lands a jab to the stomach. And Rosario was out of there. It... It really came it came out of nowhere. It really came out of nowhere. At first it was kind of funny. I'm not I'm not even gonna lie. It was kind of funny seeing Rosario get hit with, with that jab and he go down. It looked like he's about to throw up. <laughs> it looked like he's about to just like throw up his his entire life existence. Now one moment, but he's good. He's safe. Hopefully he's safe. I gotta look up what the doctor said was uh wrong with him or if he has any significant injuries but the jab it came out of nowhere and it's not even like charlo was really working the body for the however long the fight was he wasn't really working the body like that he didn't even really get the opportunity to jason rosario he was really he was doing a lot of the pressuring he was the one coming forward at times because charlo i think charlo 
at his core, he he's a counterpuncher at his core. He's a counterpuncher who has a lot of power in his, like in his core. So if someone is um is coming forward at him, he kind of loves those fights because he's going to counterpunch you. He could do that all day and then he's going to eventually hurt you, which he hurt Rosario a couple times. He knocked down Rosario before he got that TKO win. He knocked him down. Actually, did he 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 knocked him down. Tw- he knocked him down one time, legitimate. They did say he knocked him down round one, but that wasn't a official, that wasn't a real knockdown. Jason Rosario's foot slipped off the canvas, and he tried to recover, it and he tripped. They counted it as a knockdown, but it wasn't a knockdown. But he still got a legitimate knockdown before he TKO'd him. So you know that Charlo has he has some power. But going forward after this, there's no disputing that Charlo, he's the best at 154. And I think most of us probably already knew it or at least was hinting at it. For the people who didn't know it before, they have to know it now. Because he basically, he okay, he didn't beat all the top people. There's still a couple people that I would like to see him fight. Still want to see him and Jared Hurd. I still got to see that fight. I would love to see him versus um Jaime Munguia if Jaime didn't officially move up to 160. Uh, I would love to see him, you know, fight Erickson Lubin again. No, but as of right now, he's the best at 154. And that, that guy from another country... Patrick something, whatever his name is, who got the, is it the WBO he has or the WBA? He has one of those, one of those three letter belts. That guy, I don't know who that guy is. Tell him to come fight Charlo. Take his belt too. Now, this is the fight that everyone was waiting for. The fight that I have been saying will be the best fight of the card. And indeed it was. Jamal Charlo versus Sergey Derianchenko, and it was a war. I knew Charlo was the man. I knew he was elite. I knew he could fight with the best of them. <laughs> but y'all doubted him. All you people doubted him. Y'all said, "Oh, he hasn't proven himself." Oh, he had a couple fights with 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 two journeymen, and and they gave him a little trouble. Oh, he fought that guy Adams and he couldn't knock him out. Okay. Y'all doubted my guy Charlo. Y'all doubted Jamal, the hitman Charlo. Okay. And y'all was saying Sergey, very talented guy. He's not elite class. He's borderline elite. Uh, he had a loss against Dave Jacobs. Then a loss against Triple G, which I majority of people think he beat Triple G, but that's neither here or there. Y'all was saying that. Sergey's going to come and really test him. Might even beat him. You know what I said to everyone who thought that? Nah, not Charlo. Charlo, he's going to step up to the plate. And guess what he did? He didn't just step up to the plate. He made a whole new goddamn plate and put Sergey on that goddamn plate. Served him up on a fucking platter. And it was a fucking war. And I loved every second of it. Every second. I'm sitting there now that that is what I was talking about earlier where I want to see a fight fight because there were rounds where Charlo was winning rounds. Then Sergey's winning rounds. Then Charlo's landing big bombs. Then Sergey's landing big bombs. 
and then Chalo, it seemed to look like Chalo. He he got he got rocked a little bit. It looked like it looked like he got hurt a little bit. Then Sergey, he got hurt a couple times, and that was really a back and forth give and take. And Chalo won it fair and square. He withstood the storm of Sergey with his power, with his footwork to control more real estate of the ring. He pressured Sergey at times in the right moments. Even though Sergey, Sergey's game plan was to really fight up close in the pocket with Charlo because he thought that Charlo, he has good power. Everyone knows that. But if he could sort of like smother his shots a little bit and even um like land his his short hooks because Charlo's bigger and taller than Sergey, so Sergey had to do more to get in. But even if Sergey was getting close, Charlo couldn't land his jab neither. And Charlo's jab was actually really fantastic in this fight. It's fantastic. He won a couple a couple early rounds just because he was using his jab good enough. That's how good his jab was. But Sergey being Sergey, he made the proper adjustments to give himself the best chance. But Charlo is too good. He's too good. Anyone who had any doubts or question Charlo's ability if he can fight with the top elite people, he could fight with them. He could bang with them. Daniel Jacobs, you turned down that Charlo fight a couple years ago. Now you got to take it. You said Charlo wasn't ready. He ready now. And I bet he whoop your ass. Okay, probably not whoop your ass, but I bet he could beat you. Yo, Canelo, come see Charlo. I bet he could beat you. Yo, Triple G, come see Charlo. I think I'm I'm going to be the first one to say it. Triple G has never been knocked down or I've never seen him knocked down. Charlo could be the first person to knock him down. Facts. Triple G is great. He's still great. They say he missed a step. So what? He's still great, fantastic. He could take a punch like no other. He hasn't felt that Charlo punch, though. He hasn't felt that Charlo punch, that hitman Charlo punch. He ain't feel that. He didn't feel that combination. He didn't feel that uppercut. What's he feel that uppercut? All right. So that's the other fights I'm going to talk about. I didn't really go in depth with each fight, like uh, breaking it down how I used to, because I was just, I was just so excited to actually see these big fights because I love the, um, the ESPN boxing bubble that they had, but those fights, it started, it started dragging for me. It started getting dragged out and I don't have ESPN plus. And the zone, they put on a couple, a couple decent cards, but I was waiting for the big fights to happen, the big, big fights. And these were the first two big fights, and they delivered on all fronts. And I am thoroughly happy. I'm excited. And I'm satisfied that it was just fantastic fights. You were just listening to the Floyd Podcast hosted by Marquise Ross. Stay tuned for the next episode. Or go back and listen to the previous episodes if you haven't done so.